Welcome to TPQ20, where we go beyond the page with poets about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. I'm Courtney Margolin. And I'm Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. I am Chris. And I'm Courtney. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us on TPQ20 today. Yes. Uh, are you, uh, you're coming fresh from a reading, right? Um, from a panel discussion. Ooh, yes. How, how was that? <laughs> it was good. Um, it's part of this um, new initiative that my um, undergrad, uh, where I went to college, uh, Hampshire College, has started this um, advisory writers council where they ask um, alums who um, our writers and maybe studied creative writing at, um, at the school as well, um, to, um, yeah, offer advice, guidance, um, to like the next generation. That's <laughs> really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really glad to be a part of it. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to us afterwards. We feel so honored. <laughs> My pleasure. So we always like to start things off by saying, you know, we know who you are, but our audience may not. Um, so if you were to give your elevator pitch of who you are, uh, who are you? Oh my God, my elevator pitch. Um, just makes me remember how scared I used to be of elevators. Um, <laughs> That's, that's a key part of my identity, I guess. Um, yeah, so I am a writer, primarily a poet. Um, I'm also working on this book of essays now, um, which is kind of wild. Um, and uh, yeah, I write a lot about um, family and immigration, um, queerness, um, and a lot of my work sort of navigates um, yeah, you could say blood family um, versus uh, chosen family. Um, and yeah, a lot of it's drawn from my own experience. Very nice. Perfect elevator pitch. Um, well, I also share your fear of elevators. In fact, we were just- <laughs> What about escalators? How do you feel oh, about escalators? I'm horrified. I have yeah, I still, I still get, well, I have a bit of a like, heights thing or like I get a little vertigo on like really long like escalators um yeah so I struggle, that, I that struggle. elevators I'm like more okay with now these days but we uh we spent a week in Chicago a couple of weeks ago where one of the elevators in the hotel anytime the door would open the alarm would go off oh wow um, and so I refused um I yeah. I'm in a wheelchair for parts of the time and mm. I refused uh, to be put in that elevator I was like no I don't but it was care. really interesting to watch which people would just say you know what I'm not gonna wait for the other yeah. <laughs> right I'm like I'm taking my life into my own hands and I'm going no matter what just an alarm yeah. going off the whole time <laughs> and they would pause the door and be like you want to come in I'm like no I'm good I mean <laughs> yeah, I have this really vivid memory of um, going to DC as a college student. Um, I was there with a, a boyfriend at the time, and um, it was fun. But <laughs> I remember, I don't know if you've been in the DC Metro, like their subway mm -hmm. system. Um, it's like cavernous, the space. Yes. It's like beautiful, but they have these like giant, long, long escalators. <laughs> and like, I just remember, I still like get 
chills thinking about it but just like halfway up the escalator I'm like I need to get off of this thing. <laughs> like I feel like I'm about to fall off yeah yes I'm the same way since I was a little girl I can remember not wanting to get on going yeah. down in a mall and my dad being very upset and not understanding my fear of them and I had an aunt who got um a pant sucked off yeah Getting something stuck in them. Yeah. A shoelace, a pant leg. No, I can't. It's terrifying. Terrifying to me. I, I love that we've, we're starting with this very important subject. <laughs> well, yes, this is clearly related. Passion. And, yeah. And it definitely is connected to passion. I'm very passionate about elevators, escalators, phobias in general. Yeah. So now I wonder, what are your main passions uh, when it comes to the world of poetry? <laughs> See how I said yeah, right my, my main passions. <laughs> I, have, I haven't written like an elevator escalator. No, I've I've written one elevator poem actually, oh. um, and it was about. <laughs> I'm just remembering now um, <laughs> about, and this connects to another one of my passions, which is actually Russian lit. Um, I almost went into um, Russian studies as an undergrad. Um, love. Russian fiction, which tends to be super long. So like Tolstoy, Dostoevsky, but also Russian oh, wow. are part of like my pantheon. Um, so like Marina Tsvetaeva, um, Oship Mantelstam, um, yeah, Anna Akhmadova, um, really important writers to me. Uh, but how this is kind of <laughs> is I have this memory of being in a library elevator. This was also a college. Um, I think because I was just doing that college event, so this is all <laughs> um, where one of my favorite professors, um, Polina Barskova, who's a Russian studies uh, scholar, um, is learning about the novel, Russian novel, but also is, is a poet herself and was something of like a prodigy um, in Russia. Like her first book was published at the age of 15, which is like completely bonkers to me that anyone can do that. Um, but yeah, so I wrote this poem about this very brief conversation I had with her in the library elevator where I'd asked her like what her favorite novel was. And she said, I really think um, Anna Akhmadova, but she said it in like this very like sweeping dramatic way. <laughs> I exited the elevator. <laughs> and I like completely forgot where I was and what where I was trying to go. And I was just like, oh yes, this wisdom. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was connecting the two passions, elevators and Russian lit, um, but also um, uh, LGBTQ uh, literature, Asian American literature, um, also really important to me. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of um, yeah autobiographical writing in general. Now I, I have to ask, where did the love of Russian lit come from it's not I studied, something, I studied it's not something that we hear every day so yeah I studied Russian language in high school Ooh. it's such a oh, that was a choice oh. in high school for you yeah that's amazing we had we had your you know your your Spanish or your French and that was that was it there was nothing yeah. else those I mean those are the most popular options <laughs> I also <laughs> took French um but of course I had to I don't know be different <laughs> that's awesome so because it was, yeah, it was offered, uh, but it was kind of funny because actually by my senior year, I started taking it, I think sophomore year, um, and by the end of my high school <laughs> years, it was it was like being phased out gradually because no one was taking it. Right. Um, How many kids were in your program by then? I think like six. <laughs> so like, the class I just love like it. barely made it right. <laughs> to be like legit. 
Um, but I had like the best time. Um, but it was kind of funny to be in that class because like the other students, most of the other students were like heritage speakers. Like they uh, were children yeah. of like, Russian immigrant families, you know, it makes sense that they would be studying it. Um, so then I was in there also. <laughs> what a great um, experience for you to be with yeah, speakers I, too though. That's like, that's great yeah, for someone just I had, I had a fun time. It's a very challenging language. The grammar is like Latin, um, you know, it uses a different alphabet, Cyrillic. Um, but I just, started, I had, I remember uh, we had tea time, which is my favorite, kind of my favorite part, um, where we would take like a five minute break. Um, but the uh, teacher was, uh, really into like Russian tea culture and uh, samovars, you know, those giant, <laughs> um, like, and they're like quite decorative too. Um, they look really amazing. Right. Um, these like, I think ceramic pieces. So he'd like make tea in like this traditional way. <laughs> oh, uh, and they love, and it's very different from like Chinese tea culture. They love sugar. <laughs> so uh -huh. uh, you'll have that like, we had like cubes of sugar. Um, oh, they speak my language. Like Little snacks. Yeah. And yeah, can try to have like basic conversation <laughs> also <laughs> during tea time. Um, yeah, talk about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. So, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of sweets now. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I mean, it's a lovely thought. <laughs> it is. It made me hungry. So um, thinking now to your uh, passions outside of the world of literature mm. and Russian tea, um, what, where do some of those passions lie? Um, a big one is television. <laughs> ah, favorite show at the moment. What are you watching? Um, oh my God, Ted Lasso. I mean, Ooh, everyone's okay. talking about it, but it is really fantastic. Um, the last episode, I mean, not to give too much away, but just the way that I think this season is exploring mental health, um, mm -hmm. like the role of like therapists um, within like the sports world, but also more generally. Um, I think they've been doing, yeah, just really effective work with that. Um, so I think, I mean, TV at its best can be literary. Can be, oh, without question. Um, art form, definitely. Um, and so growing up, I, I was a huge fan of um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, and that I would say is still like a major influence on my work. Um, for it's like mashup of genres, it's like campiness, it's uh, you know queerness, although some of that could have been handled better. Um, but <laughs> I yeah, don't but think you, television quite knew how to handle much. Yeah, I don't think we were like yeah, the it, awkward nineteen ninety to like you know two thousand three stage. It's been great to see it improve, um, but yeah, at the time, uh, I was like, oh, I mean, even just to yeah see queer characters on the on the screen um, was kind of amazing. Um, and for them to have some kind of depth and relationship that was actually shown. Um, so there's the characters Willow and Tara for those who <laughs> know <laughs> Buffy. Um, not everybody's a huge Buffy fan. I don't, I, I, it was always on in my house. Yeah, <laughs> so. it, I think it's, yeah, I can't remember being that invested in a show like that deeply emotionally. Did that um, carry that through it, to Angel was the question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's funny. I, I've been trying to. Uh, I've watched the whole. I watched Buffy the entire series with my with my partner, um, and he got really into it. Um, and I tried to like introduce him to Angel as well, but he hasn't put it <laughs> into it. Um, which, yeah, you know, it's fine. <laughs> like, 
I will eventually heal from this. Um, but yeah, but yeah, TV is a big one. So um, when it comes to the world of writing, yeah. uh, do you have a set process? Do you, are you someone who sits down uh, that nine to five writing, uh, you know, writing time, or uh, do you have any weird superstitions or rituals or uh, what, what goes on uh, for you when you, when you write? I really don't have a set schedule when it comes to writing. I sometimes really wish that I did. For a number of years, I tried to, um, like back in college again, especially my last year, because I also did like a thesis in uh, in poetry. Um, I I tried to like write for, I, I tried to set aside like at least one writing day. Um, and that was kind of helpful for that process. But also I remember looking back on it, I just spent a lot of time in like coffee shops, <laughs> like eating sandwiches and trying out <laughs> different beverages, different teas, <laughs> coffees. Um, yeah, it always circles back to tea um, in some way. So actually I, I think I, I just, I tend to write in bursts, right? It just happens in between all my other uh, responsibilities and commitments. So in between all the teaching and editing that I do um, and just life things. Um, and so I just I just trust that it will happen because um, I always get to a point where if I haven't been writing for a bit, I just feel less like myself. I get kind of cranky and hangry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I just, I just have to return to it. Um, and so then I might write a lot in um, a short period. And then I like just um, kind of sitting on the work, um, putting it away on the computer or in a drawer, a notebook, um, and just not looking at it for a while. And just letting myself, um, just letting those ideas like percolate for a while longer and then coming back to it. But yeah, I, I wish I had like some really special ritual. Um, like I know um, uh, Flaubert, the um, French, uh, novelist, um, supposedly he was famous for keeping apples in a drawer, like his like writing desk drawer, and then he just like open it. I think before he was like, okay, I'm sitting, I'm about to sit down to write and just like smell the apples. And I think um, some accounts it said it was like rotting apples, but oh. <laughs> for some reason maybe that was like creatively stimulating. I was going to say, I wonder what the, what were those pieces that were written that day? Yeah, eventually yeah, that'd be pretty rancid. Yeah. Or you get drunk. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So fermentation of apples in the, uh, the yeah the fermentation. I mean, I do I do like <laughs> fermented things, but I don't know about like just rock. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking the flies or something at some point might be yeah. distraction for the writing. Yeah. Or, or so, maybe inspiring. Yeah, yeah. So I more recently, I what comes to mind is um, I yeah I'll just write with friends a lot which um I used to not think was like possible because I was like oh like a writer just like by yourself and just sit and you know create um and, uh but more recently yeah I just I have some really wonderful writer friends one of them I think you just interviewed um my friend Sam um mm -hmm. wine um, and so we'll give each other prompts and they will be like very like spontaneous kind of ridiculous things. Or like we'll just give each other like a title or like a line that you have to incorporate in some way. 
Um, so I really, really enjoyed that. Um, just opening up the, the process to something that's more interactive and collaborative. I like that. It's something that, I, that I've seen a little bit more often uh, mm. over the last couple of years is, that, is poets actually writing and coming out with pieces together that aren't um, right. just like conversations. It's more than that. It's actual yeah. collaboration in, in yeah. form and writing. And that's, Absolutely. it's really cool to open a new door like that. The two of you together sounds like so much fun. Yeah, you, I, I, that, that definitely is a good piece of writing. I want to be in on that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fun. So moving to the other side, um, that maybe not so super fun, the pitfalls um, of the writing what do you see as um, being some of your biggest pitfalls or obstacles um, along your poetry journey and how have you handled them or what have you learned from them? Yeah, I was just, I was talking with Sam about this too. Um, and I think one of the, the pitfalls um, is uh, getting maybe too caught up uh, with publishing that side of it, um, publication, promotion, um, I think it's, I mean, it's important as well, um, right? It's like wanting a readership, wanting your work to be recognized, um, wanting your work to be part of, you know, a larger literary conversation, of course, right? That's the dream. Um, but at the same time, I think, um, and this is totally my experience too, there have been times when I felt kind of lost in all of that. And because I was, I think, over-focusing on that side of things. And I lost sight of um, my internal engine for writing. And I forgot to feed that, right? To fill that up and to nourish uh, my writing heart, really. Um, so coming back to that, like rem remembering, right? Trying to remind yourself and you know your true friends and your true community, I think will also help remind you of that um, to protect uh, your writing time and I'm um, just going back to yeah why do you write in the first place you know what drives you what fuels you um, and for me so much of that has to do with I mean one um, I think yeah seeing a lack of um, poems and stories um, from you know my particular experience and my family's experience my community's experience um, and that includes right, being um, an immigrant or a child of immigrants, being Asian American, being queer, um, growing up in you know, New England with all of that going on. <laughs> um, and yeah, so the exploration of that um, is really important for me to, to get on the page and to share. And so remembering that that's you know, a big part of what motivates me is key. Um, and the other part of it is just how much fun I have with language. Um, and I grew up in like a trilingual, multilingual household. Um, both my parents are uh, Mandarin language teachers. Um, and so I always just, I had this fascination with language, with etymology, with just like the sound of words. Um, and so it was always something really malleable and playful to me about words. Um, moving them around, coining your own terms, um, right? constructing a world out of words, I think is one of the most amazing things you can do. Um, so just that like wonderment um, and playfulness when it comes to language as well is a huge uh, driving force. So yeah, I always try to return to those, um, those deeper internal motivations. 
Nice. So then with that said, what are you, what's exciting right now about literature for you? What are you, what are you really excited for that's coming or out? And then what's coming up for you that, uh, that we can look forward to? Yeah. Um, what I'm excited about, um, I guess, yeah, what I'm drawn to just thinking about, you know, being in the pandemic, um, you know, with climate change also happening at the same time. Um, yeah, I keep, I keep turning to, to poetry for ways to process these multiple and overlapping crises that um, we're facing on a you know, personal level, but also these collective global levels. Um, and so I keep returning to um, elegies and sort of elegiac writing um, in poetry. So work that, yeah, is expressing and exploring um, grief and loss um, in some really, I think, surprising and innovative ways. So for instance, and I'm teaching this book right now um, uh, in my undergraduate poetry workshop um, at Brandeis, um, this amazing book called Obit uh, by Victoria Chang, um, which takes like the obituary form um, that you, know, you see in newspapers all the time, um, and really like plays with it. And so there is like a literal death at the center of the book, which is the author's uh, mother. Um, this is this is all pre-COVID, um, but reading it in this context, um, I think is is really moving and enriching. Um, just to see this like really honest, messy, complicated um, examination of grief. Um, and some of it's also looking like gun violence um, and uh, yeah, sort of these larger cultural uh, moments um, in history. Um, so just the way that yeah, those subjects are interwoven in that book, um, I just find yeah, really moving, but also instructive um, as, as a writer where you can yeah, take an existing form and um, do all these, um, yeah, transformative things with it. Nice. So then what is, uh, what's coming up for you that we can look forward to? Yeah, um, a bunch of things, which is <laughs> like kind of, like I feel like I'm like always like catching up to my own life. Um, like <laughs> just, I have to process things very slowly. And that's also what poetry helps me do, um, is to slow down and reflect. Um, yeah, so I have my next book of poetry um, is coming out next September from Boa Editions. It's called Your Emergency Contact Has Experienced an Emergency. So it's also thinking about like crisis and loss and how do we, you know, face those things um, personally, but also collectively. Um, and then I have this uh, book of essays um, that um, is coming out, supposed to come out in 2020. Three, which doesn't feel like a real year, like just no, like saying it out loud. It's like, no, that's fake. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, who knows what <laughs> the world will be like then. Um, but uh, that uh, book is, um, so it's these essays that are um, kind of blending like personal narrative and also uh, talking about craft um, and uh, kind of going into some more theoretical territory around uh, poetry and poetics. Very cool. That sounds wonderful. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today on TPQ20. This has been lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for Absolutely. the invitation and your yeah. 
questions yeah oh yeah and we uh we look forward to seeing uh where things go for you in the future and talking to you soon yeah have a great thank rest you of so the much. night thank you, you too bye thank you for listening to tpq 20 please like review and subscribe